Attention MongoDB enthusiasts. We've got some exciting news for you. On June 22, 2023, MongoDB is bringing its world-renowned .local conference to New York City. This is an event you won't want to miss. At MongoDB.local New York City, you'll have the opportunity to learn about the latest updates and tools to build and deploy mission-critical applications at scale. Whether you're a seasoned developer or just getting started with MongoDB, there's something for everyone at this action-packed event. Get ready to experience an announcement-filled keynote. Dive into technical sessions on application development, data modeling, security, and much more. Plus, you'll have the chance to network with like-minded professionals and MongoDB experts. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to boost your MongoDB knowledge and skills. Save the date, June 22, 2023, in the heart of the Big Apple, New York City. For more information and to secure your spot, head on over to mdb.link 2023 or check out the show notes of this episode. Be sure to use the code PODCAST50 for a 50% discount on your tickets. See you there. Hi, this is Alexander Stixen. Welcome to the MongoDB Podcast. In Realm is, is actually two things. It's a mobile database, which means it's a database that runs on the mobile device, whether it's uh, iOS, Android, or anything else. And it's also a cloud service, uh, which allows you to synchronize this data into the, to the cloud, uh, the Atlas cloud. Um, so, so Realm did originate from work I did all the way back in the days when I worked at Nokia, uh, where I worked on, on how to fit data into small devices. And that research opened up a lot of ways to build a better database. Welcome to the show. My name is Michael Lin, and I'm a developer advocate at MongoDB. Welcome to the Road to MongoDB Atlas, Episode 3. This is our mini-series created to celebrate the five-year anniversary of the launch of MongoDB Atlas, our database-as-a-service platform. In this series, my co-hosts Jesse Hall and Nick Raboy will talk with some of the people responsible for building and launching the platform that helped transform MongoDB as a company. In this episode three, we're going mobile, talking with Alexander Stiegson, founder of the Realm Mobile Database, along with Drew De Palma and Ian Ward from Product Management. And to help guide us through the conversation, we'll welcome back Shane McAllister from Developer Relations. We'll be diving into the story of how the Realm Mobile Database was created and how it fits into the Atlas platform today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please take a moment to subscribe for more episodes. And if you enjoy what you hear, please don't forget to provide a comment and a rating. This will help us continue to improve. Stay tuned. Okay, Shane, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you back on the podcast. Thanks for having me back, Mike. So today we're obviously talking about the fifth anniversary of the launch of the MongoDB Atlas platform, and we've got some special guests. I'm wondering if um, you could help, help us introduce the folks that are in the room with us today. Sure, sure. Well, from, you know, I'm really standing on the shoulders of giants. I've only been with MongoDB since January 2020. So I brought along some friends who've been here <laughs> a long time since inception, Alexander Stixon, the founder of RHEL. Um, Also then on the product side, um, Drew De Palma, who's on the product side for MongoDB Realm, and Ian Ward, product for mobile for MongoDB as well, too. So I'm hoping that they have much more knowledge, much more insights in the growth of Realm 
um, and how we got to where we are today, being part of the MongoDB family. So I'd like to ask Alexander to give us a bit of a background on, on Realm. Would you help the listeners understand what, what Realm is? Absolutely. So in Realm is, is actually two things. It's a mobile database, which means it's a database that runs on the mobile device, whether it's uh, iOS, Android, or anything else. And it's also a cloud service, uh, which allows you to synchronize this data into the, to the cloud, uh, the Atlas cloud. Um, so, so Realm did originate from work I did all the way back in the days when I worked at Nokia, uh, where I worked on, on how to fit data into small devices. And that research opened up a lot of ways to build a better database. Uh, there was not very many choices at that time. Um, so that was kind of like the origin of Realm. Very, very interesting time when the mobile was exploding. <laughs> So today, it is one of the most popular databases on mobile. You started Realm in, in, in 2010, um, Alexander, um, you know, 11 years ago, which is a long time in technology, but it's essentially an age in mobile. Um, yes. Everything was very, very new back then. iPhone had only been around for a couple of years. Uh, you know, Android was barely new on the market at that stage as well, too. So, and it wasn't Realm at the beginning. Sure, it wasn't. It was called something else. Yes, the, the original name was uh, TypeDB, which was kind of, you know, us being Danish, me and my co-founder, we were Danish people. So we kind of tried to make a pun of like the data being like tightly packed together and you were like tightly integrated with the programming language. And it was, we thought it was like the coolest name ever. And then we <laughs> went to the US and people were like, so what are you storing in that database kind of thing? It was like, it was not good. <laughs> so so, so uh, you, you changed then so, and, and you chose Realm. Yes. Thank God. Um, and, and, <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, obviously, Realm was out there as an alternative to essentially databases that were neither mobile first nor offline first, uh, you know, which was quite a jump uh, to go after that. Plus, you're trying to put a database on what is at the time, you know, it seems ages ago now, but at the time they were very, very new devices with a quickly changing ecosystem. Tell us a little bit about the early challenges of Realm. So they were still very constrained devices. I mean, even the, the first iPhone was very limited in capabilities. So when we came out, there was really no, I mean, there was, there was no real mobile databases. I mean, the only database that existed that actually ran on mobile was SQLite, uh, which is a great database, but it's, it's a very low-level C interface on top of SQL. And as everybody who used MongoDB knows that the, the SQL model is really hard to fit directly into a modern application structure. From our experience, my experience building apps, I really wanted an, what was in like an object database because that's how all the frameworks, even the new frameworks like the on, on iOS and, and the Android, which is emerging at the time, was all object-oriented, which is a horrible fit for, for, for SQL. Um, so we, we were thinking like, okay, we want to have a real... Object database and that nothing like that existed. I mean, SQL SQLite was a great database, but it was never made for mobile originally. It was like an old thing doing for like it's actually <laughs> created for like military vessels all time. Yeah, it was a, it, 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 it was a guided service. guided missile um, destroyer. That's right. Yeah, they put it on to control the missiles. That's what it was originally yes, designed the, for. <laughs> the, the 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 first one, and it was kind of repurposed and and it was useful and and even on. Even some of the databases that people thought were specific for, for mobile, like like core data, which was uh, uh, from Apple, that was also repurposed. It was from their old like web objects, like or from the old uh, uh, next step computers. They had this kind of web business object framework kind of thing, and that was where core data came from. And they were like, "Oh, we have a mobile phone. We need something 
they kind of repurposed this old library and they kind of trying to patch it up ever since, <laughs> trying to make it actually usable in the mobile context. So, so, so you had I, a lot of early challenges then in terms of, you know, nothing out in the market was suitable. The market was relatively new and you're coming up approaching it with, hey, we've got the best mobile database, offline first, mobile first. What were those challenges like at the time? I can imagine it was, it was pretty tough to create a community, create users out of that. I mean, there were two sides. There was a technical challenge because, again, we couldn't really use Cordy or like SQLite like Cordy did and stuff because we actually wanted a real big database. So we had to build our own core engine from the ground up, which nobody else had done. Uh, so that was, that was a, a big thing. And then, as you said, like those, like how do you bootstrap a community when you come out and, and uh, when you're creating something that didn't really exist, like an, an independent mobile database? Uh, but we were actually we were pretty lucky with the timing that we our database was in a functional. Like we were right about to launch, just at the time when Apple released the Swift language. Okay. And it was actually, okay. I mean, in the beginning, it was like we were like, oh, damn it, because we had made it from Objective-C, <laughs> which was the original language for iOS. Everything worked with Objective-C, and then they come out with a new language, and we are like instantly outdated. <laughs> so, so that kind of sucked. But at the same time, it was a huge opportunity, because then we kind of we said reframe, we just like, like scratch the release, rebuild the whole thing for, for Swift. And then it turned out we were like one of the first launches of a library that was created for Swift from the ground up. Aha. So you, you backed the right horse in that regard then, and you were quick to change and quick to kind of essentially pivot towards Swift. And, and that got your realm a lot of traction at the beginning. Lots of traction. And it instantly kind of established us as some of the, like the experts in Swift, right? We were kind of like the, um, like became domain experts just because we were the ones who had actually built real low-level libraries on Swift before anybody else. And we'd basically been there from day one. I mean, we were there when Swift was launched. We launched Realm along with it. So that was pretty cool. And yeah, so that gives a lot of traction. Great. So it's a great story. I love the, the foundational story of, of the Realm mobile database. But obviously, we're celebrating the five-year anniversary of the, of the launch of MongoDB Atlas. And um, maybe, Drew, could, maybe you could tell us a little bit about how the Realm mobile database fits into the Atlas platform. Yeah. And I think that we can almost start by telling a story that was happening in parallel while the Realm team was building up the mobile database. Uh, on the Atlas side, and I've been around since right around the start of Atlas, one of the first things that we were starting to think about was, what do we want as we build out not just a hosted database, but more of a data platform? Uh, so, you know, obviously we launched HostMongoDB, Atlas, uh, and pretty quickly we started another project on top of that, which we called uh, Stitch originally. And the idea was that it would help you stitch your Atlas data into different services, into different applications. And we built out, you know, basically a, a whole serverless engine to help take the place of a lot of the glue code, a lot of the really sort of undifferentiated, boring code that you would write to connect your database to APIs, to mobile applications, to web applications. So we built out things like functions, triggers, API services, and we started actually a foray into mobile as well. And we're we're thinking about a lot of the same problems. You know, how do we store data on devices in a way that's language native, in a way that's easy to program against, uh, and then how do we combine that 
with the cloud? How do we get that data to Atlas? How do we give people the tools around permissions and other business logic that they want to write as they're building? And what we discovered pretty quickly was that mobile was an incredibly complex space <laughs> and we didn't have anywhere near the right domain knowledge or the right people to help us solve that problem. And you know, we, we originally were going to sort of have a, a little bit of a tech partnership with the Realm team that, you know, definitely as we got close together, changed and we ended up uh, us joining forces with them and, and building uh, what now is MongoDB Realm and continuing to evolve the Realm SDKs and the Realm mobile database. So when you sort of step back and look at what these two teams were working on, we came from a very back-end centric approach thinking about you've got this great model for storing your data in the cloud. Now, how do we help people build on top of it? How do we provide the compute later? How do we provide the hooks to the applications? And we built out a lot of backend logic and a lot of really sort of intelligent ways to scale and get started from an infrastructure perspective. And the Realm team was kind of building in the opposite direction, really sort of focused on how do we have the best way to store data on devices? And then how do we really crack this logic of navigating uh, network and retry logic and connecting that data to a backend? Fantastic. And so now I'm thinking um, about, the, about how all of this surfaces to the developer. Obviously, if folks are listening and familiar with Atlas, you've got the, the Atlas UI. Maybe they're using the API, but it's primarily going to be interfacing with the Atlas UI. Um, Ian, how does the Realm mobile database surface to the developer? Is it primarily through the SDKs or uh, shed some light on that? Yeah, sure. So yes, it's primarily through the SDKs. Um, the SDKs are wrapping what we call Realm core database, which is an embedded database. It's an alternative to SQLite uh, or core data or Room if you're on Android. And what we've done is we've exposed a variety of APIs that allow you to store and query data on disk. And as Alexandra mentioned, it is an object database. So instead of having your object classes and then you have your uh, SQLite schema, and then you have to map in between them, what we do is we reflect your object class definitions and that becomes your database schema. And it makes it very simple for us to map to relationships. So you can have a parent object and many different child objects. They can all be contained in lists or one-to-many, or you can have many-to-many. -many. Um, and we designed these SDKs to be very idiomatic for the developer, for the platform they're programming in. So for instance, the query language is completely idiomatic. On uh, Swift, we use NS Predicate-based query language. On Java and Kotlin, we use a fluent based query language. And so all the APIs that we expose are designed to naturally fit into the way a mobile developer thinks and programs. Uh, additionally, we've, we created a notification system to tell the developer via a token or a callback that something has changed in the state that's stored on disk. And when you do this, you can create reactive UI updates. So you can automatically update what the user is seeing when state has changed. And typically this was done via a lot of, almost like a, a REST response request where you're constantly querying the local data store to know if something has changed. 
Um, and so with us, we can kind of give you that reactive uh, notification and these notifications work with synchronization as well. So you asked about how the developer accesses all of these uh, great value with synchronization. It's all done in a background thread. So with these APIs, you're storing and querying data locally, and then any data that's written locally will automatically synchronize to MongoDB Atlas, and then vice versa as well. So any updates to Atlas will automatically be pushed down to the mobile device. And so the developer does not need to write any networking code, exception handling, network failure handling, all of that is taken care of for you. And so this is how you can be offline first mobile application because we also expose a conflict resolution algorithm that's built into the synchronization as well. So you can have multiple users sharing the same state, go offline, make changes, they come back online, and we automatically resolve those changes for you. Normally that would be thousands, tens of thousands of lines of code, uh, and we kind of do all that for you out of the box. So this is superb, Ian. So I, I, you know, I'm a mobile developer, and but do you know what? I'm starting out with my app, and I don't want sync just yet. So uh, I can use Realm without using any of the sync and the backend service as well, too. But then they become incredibly powerful if I want to use them, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So there's no difference in the APIs between a synchronization sync Realm and a non-sync Realm. So we have hundreds of thousands of developers today that build mobile applications just using Realm without sync. Uh, it's a free and open source database. It's licensed under Apache, and you absolutely can, can use it and build your mobile app. Um, but what changes is a single line of code where you pass in a mm -hmm. synchronization mm -hmm. struct. And from there, now your data automatically synchronizes to Atlas. But it's the same APIs for writing, for querying data, for reacting to changes, all the same. Which is super, it, it's, it's magic almost. When you show developers this, they go, is that it? Hold on, Where, where's the rest of the code? Yeah, it's magic. Realm takes care of so, <laughs> so much boilerplate behind it. So mobile is a very fragmented ecosystem. We've got iOS, we've got Android, we've got some of the cross-platform um, frameworks as well too. What SDKs are available in the Realm world? So for iOS, we have we support Objective-C and Swift languages. For Android, we support Java and Kotlin. And actually the team is, the Android team is working hard right now to build a Kotlin multi-platform uh, SDK. So this will, the Kotlin, the JetBrains team that, that builds Kotlin is actually creating a framework for writing Kotlin and targeting both iOS and Android, whereas before it used to be uh, just Android. So this is a great fit for Realm because Realm was always cross-platform. Uh, because we're built mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at the core level at C++, all of our types cross-platform. So you can actually take a Realm file that was built in iOS and transfer it to an Android application and it'll just boot up if it has the same schema and it's the same data, right? So that's a great advantage there and, and why it makes sense for us to pursue cross-platform frameworks. And we also have for C Sharp and, and the .NET, we have Xamarin support. We also have React Native in the JavaScript ecosystem. And we're also pursuing a Flutter SDK, which is written in the Dart language. It's Google's new cross-platform SDK. And we're just about to launch our Unity SDK, which again is another cross-platform <laughs> language. If you're noticing a theme here, 
for building mobile games in one code base and targeting multiple platforms. Wow, that, that's that's a lot of platforms, a lot of SDKs to keep organized, a lot of balls to keep in the air. You have a number of teams. I know predominantly, you know, teams are co- located in Copenhagen, but also then they bring the power of MongoDB is a global company as well, too. So uh, how is that team organized? How are the structures organized? And how do we, I suppose, bring it all back to MongoDB and MongoDB Atlas to leverage the power and scale of that? I suppose that's probably a question for both Ian and Andrew. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll take that. So the way that teams are uh, organized on the SDK side is we have a, a team for each platform, almost almost each uh, language, I would say. So we have an iOS team, we have an Android team, we have a .NET team, and we have a JavaScript team as well. So JavaScript covers React Native. It also covers the Node environment as well. So you can build a desktop application using Realm uh, via Electron or some other desktop language. We also have a small Flutter team, but it's growing. And then we have the core database team. So this is the team that uh, deals with the persistence layer and exposes the C++ APIs that then each of these teams wrap uh, in their own idiomatic language APIs and integrate them with the platform. And all of that integrates uh, with the server team, the serverless platform. And I'll let Drew speak to that. Yeah, so the way that we break down the team structure on the MongoDB Realm side, on the cloud side, we have a team that's dedicated to synchronization. So all of this logic about handling changes that come from the mobile devices, integrating them into Atlas, ensuring that the data that comes from either side is valid, that it's following permissions. We've got one team that's really dedicated to handling that logic. Uh, and then, because you know, the reality is that MongoDB Realm is a serverless platform that services sync, but also has things like functions and triggers and API services that can help you connect your Atlas data to other parts of your ecosystem or make it simpler to build out a mobile application. So we've got a big chunk of the team that's focused on improving uh, MongoDB Realm as a platform. And that's things like ensuring that it fits really smoothly into your software development lifecycle. So, you know, while this is kind of the hosted serverless uh, set of services, everything, you know, goes down to code. You can uh, write your configuration, write your logic locally. You can integrate it into a CICD pipeline. Um, That team's also looking at the observability and the maintainability. Now, how do we give you the right information to troubleshoot, to understand your throughput, to make building, uh, whether it's in the UI or locally, a really intuitive experience. Um, so that's really what we're focused on on that side. And so we've got folks who work on sync, and then we have folks who work on the platform as a whole, uh, and ensuring that this really is a you know really strong layer of serverless compute, and it's got all the right tools to build. So Drew, we've heard all about you know the history of Realm and where things have come, and certainly since the acquisition, the expansion of the team, and all the SDKs that we're working on. What's next for MongoDB Realm? What's in our future? Yeah, so a lot of what we're working on on the cloud side of MongoDB Realm is making the development experience as simple and as flexible as possible. Uh, so recently, we've just released a new version of our CLI into GA. 
which gives you the ability to tail logs, to test functions from the CLI, and makes it much simpler to take your application state and integrate it into a CI/CD pipeline, to have multiple developers collaborating uh, on a single application. Alongside that, we've also released some better tools for code deployment, so more insight into what code changed in your backend and when the ability to roll back to a specific deployment. Um, so all of these things really make it very simple as you think about multiple different apps that represent a development uh, of a new feature, a QA, a testing environment, um, to have code be moved across all of those and to test and to just develop with MongoDB Realm. Um, we've also worked uh, a lot on the function engine that we have. Mm -hmm. And so we recently uh, are getting our dependency resolution experience into GA and continuing to extend the type of logic that you can write in our functions, as well as building a lot of tools to improve the API development experience. Uh, we've got a lot of great stuff coming up for Sync, so stay tuned at mongodb.live for some really exciting announcements. I'm going to hold a little bit back on those for the moment. And then I'm going to flip it over to Ian to talk about uh, exactly what we've got going on on the Realm Mobile Database and the SDK side of the house. And, and while we have a break before Ian begins, I just want to mention that mongodb.live is July 13th and 14th. There's going to be a lot of exciting things talked about there a number of uh, really great technical sessions, and we'll extend on this this conversation there. So um, so with that, I'll turn it back over to Ian. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so as, as Drew mentioned, we just got finished launching a bunch of new data types for the SDKs that will enable a developer to much more easily model their schema in the way that they think about and program their mobile application. And this extends over the wire to synchronization, of course. So the new data types we've launched are dictionaries and maps, which allow a unique key value pair. And this is a pretty unique feature for a mobile database because although this is a data structure that you can have in a programming language, it's only done in memory. Typically this is not is something that you can persist uh, to the local disk, right? If you wanted to store this in SQLite, you a lot of times serialize it into some sort of format. And so when you serialize it and store it, because of normalization rules in SQL tables, you then have to deserialize it in order to query it. But with Realm, with this new dictionary type, you'll be able to store it and persist it and mutate it and query it in exactly the same way that you would for using it in your mobile app in programming. And of course, this extends across the wire to sync and very much it'll make it a lot easier for our sync users to integrate with MongoDB's data structures. Uh, but of course, you don't need to use sync to use dictionaries as well. We also have sets which allow a unique values, a list of unique values to be persisted to disk. And we've also introduced a mixed type. So if a type can vary between you know, a bunch of uh, different scalar types that we support, but also can vary between a bunch of object references that you might have. So a certain field could have a, it could be a class for a customer class or a user class or whatever classes you want to persist there. This is kind of our first foray into 
polymorphism and, and inheritance. And actually that's one of the projects we will be working on over the course of the next year is really nailing our uh, inheritance, adding the ability to have inheritance across our object class definitions, which will definitely make it a lot more idiomatic for the object-oriented paradigm of mobile development. We've touched on a couple of the SDKs, the new SDKs that we're building. So with the Android team, we are building a Kotlin multi-platform library. So now you have the ability to target both iOS and Android using the same Kotlin code base and using a Realm SDK. Uh, later on, we'll also target the JVM, so you can build Kotlin apps on a desktop or server using Realm and persisting data. And we also are doing a spike on our web integration to see if we can add sync to our web browser and persistence as well. So potentially in the future, we could also support a web target. Uh, next on the list, we have our Unity SDK I mentioned before, and our own Nick Raboy is actually going to be giving a talk at Dot .live demoing our Unity SDK, how to build a pretty neat uh, space fighter game using the Realm SDK, <laughs> and you can actually use sync with it as well. So you can change the weapons by mutating documents in MongoDB Atlas, and automatically you get some power-ups. So definitely giving the power of sync to gaming developers. If you're building a mobile game, I would highly recommend you check that out. Um, and we've been diligently working on a Flutter SDK. So this is Google's new cross-platform development framework. And we are expanding a lot of the development we have currently done. We have it in developer preview, but we'll be releasing subsequent releases over the course of the next year to get it to GA. And so we've been working with the FFI layer at the low level, at the Dart VM layer, to integrate our SDK, our APIs into that. Um, yeah, and so uh, some of the other things that we've been working on, one other thing I'll mention here, or two other things I'll mention here, we have our JavaScript SDK, and we have been looking at how to support Hermes. So that this is a new JavaScript engine from Facebook that makes it a lot faster to boot up React Native applications. So we're building integration for that. So stay tuned if you're a React Native developer. And we've also been working on a tight integration with React. So giving the React Native developer a bunch of hooks and context that are Realm specific that make it very easy to integrate into a React Native application. And the last one I'll mention here is we have been building some great APIs, some framework specific integration APIs for iOS using SwiftUI and Combine. So SwiftUI is Apple's new declarative UI toolkit. So being able to define your view in code. And then Combine is their library for asynchronous programming. And so we've been developing a lot of integration into that. And there's actually a great talk by Ben Chatelain from Kaiser Permanente, who has been a big fan of our iOS uh, SDK for a long time. And he's going to be showing off some of our new features at .live. So if you're interested in iOS development, please check it out. Wow, there's a huge amount going on. It's an awful lot to take in. Obviously, 
dot live and the 13th and 14th of July we're running intro sessions and customer sessions not only with realm but also across obviously everything mongodb and atlas everything else as well too but we do have a developer hub uh, developer.mongodb.com where if you're interested to learn more and um, we have our advocates writing content all the time there working with the new SDKs and the new functions and features of mongodb atlas to illustrate how they best can be used. But we have a very active community on our forums, but also we're very active given that Realm is open source, very active in GitHub and Stack Overflow. And we try to come to you wherever you are asking those questions. We try to get involved as much as possible. And lastly, uh, live.mongodb.com is where we host our meetups, which we're trying to drive as much meetups and as much traffic there as well too, where you can get direct access to our engineers, our advocates and you know, our product people essentially to you have an hour, 40 minutes of a Q&A and a, uh, sorry, 40 minutes of presentation and some Q&A afterwards with the engineers generally who put these SDKs together. So it's it's a superb opportunity to learn more deep insights. Fantastic. What a great way to celebrate the, the five-year anniversary of Atlas. Um, so many great things happening, so many great developments. Alexander, I want to I wanna kind of put you on the spot did you have any idea that all of this would come together? Is this any part of your vision? <laughs> I'll say, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is, this is the vision. I mean, of course, we'd never expected it to happen in this way uh, to this uh, degree of success. But the, the idea of creating a database that actually felt like it was part of your language and making it like seamlessly synchronized to, to the cloud, that was the original vision. And I think that's really what MongoDB has made possible by us all teaming up together. Pretty awesome. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us today and uh, helping to celebrate the five-year anniversary. Uh, we'll have to have you all back on and uh, continue to, to track all of these great developments. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and provide a comment and a rating. If you want to learn more about MongoDB Atlas, visit mongodb.com slash atlas today to sign up for your free account to get started right away. Also, be sure to tune in to our biggest user conference of the year. We're streaming live on July 13th and 14th, 2021. Registration is open for mongodb.live. This is a free virtual streaming event that will feature a solid lineup of cutting-edge keynotes, dozens of breakout sessions, live Ask Me Anything panels, brain break activities, and so much more. Head on over to mongodb.com live to register and to get updates for what's in store in July.
Attention MongoDB enthusiasts. We've got some exciting news for you. On June 22, 2023, MongoDB is bringing its world-renowned .local conference to New York City. This is an event you won't want to miss. At MongoDB.local New York City, you'll have the opportunity to learn about the latest updates and tools to build and deploy mission-critical applications at scale. Whether you're a seasoned developer or just getting started with MongoDB, there's something for everyone at this action-packed event. Get ready to experience an announcement-filled keynote. Dive into technical sessions on application development, data modeling, security, and much more. Plus, you'll have the chance to network with like-minded professionals and MongoDB experts. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to boost your MongoDB knowledge and skills. Save the date, June 22, 2023, in the heart of the Big Apple, New York City. For more information and to secure your spot, head on over to mdb.link slash 2023 or check out the show notes of this episode. Be sure to use the code PODCAST50 for a 50% discount on your tickets. See you there.